KWFN and KWFN HD1 San Diego. It's time to take a trip around San Diego high schools and get the inside track on what's happening with their football programs. It's the High School Football Hour with John Quintero. Brought to you by Lolita's, San Diego's best Mexican food since 1984. Now huddle up. Here's the coach, John Quintero, on 97.3 The Fan. Well, good evening and welcome to 97.3 The Fan. Coach John Quintero, the High School Football Hour. Brought to you by our friends, Lolita's Mexican Restaurants. Hope everyone having a great uh, week out there. Uh, I, I love Thursday night. Thursday night is the calm before the storm. When I was coaching uh, many, many years ago at Torrey Pines High School, I coached the freshman team in 1987. In 88 and 89, I was part of the varsity staff there. Used to go out to dinner with my players on Thursday night. Uh, we kind of started a tradition with the I was coaching the offensive line. We would go out to dinner. We'd go to different restaurants up in the North San Diego County, and uh, a lot of the other players, position players, they got jealous because we the, the offensive line was having a, a lot of fun and uh, good camaraderie, and it was great stuff. But you got the anticipation of trying to sleep on Thursday night. You want to get up early on Friday, and you want to get out there and get ready for the ball game on Friday night. And uh, it hasn't changed. I mean, uh, some uh, you know, thirty years later, still look forward to high school football, and I know a lot of you out there listening tonight uh, feel the same way I do. You know, uh, we got a great show tonight. Uh, coming up here uh, in our next segment about uh, 9.15, John McFadden, who, uh, great to have John back in the coaching fraternity. I'm not sure he ever really left uh, Eastlake. He was still down there helping out in a variety of different ways. Uh, Eastlake off to a great start right now, a 3-1. Their only loss was the opening game uh, to Torrey Pines, where they got uh, shut out 13 to nothing. Last week, they had a nice win over Grove. Grossmont 35 nothing tomorrow night. They're going to be at Valhalla High School, but it'll be uh, uh, enjoyable to visit with John McFadden. He's got some really good players on that team. I know he's got that big linebacker, Joshua McCurdy, uh, who also plays a little bit of tight end, and uh, got a nice uh, young quarterback down there, uh, Rich uh, Colmanero, and we'll hear from uh, John McFadden coming up uh, shortly. Also, in the second half hour of the program, we're going to visit with the uh, outstanding head coach up there at La Costa Canyon Maverick, Sean Sovacool. Uh, Sean got his team off to a great start right now. Uh, they're sitting at 4-0 and they've had some big wins uh, coming out of the blocks uh, right away this year. They uh, beat uh, Cathedral Catholic and you know everybody's worried about Cathedral Catholic. Well, Cathedral Catholic now has put together uh, a nice three-game winning streak but uh, right now uh, Sean Sovacool got the Mavericks playing very, very good football and they've got some really talented guys on the offensive side of the ball as well as the defensive side of the ball. A little bit later on, Braden Suprena going to be along with this week's San Diego Girls Volleyball Top 10 and he's going to also interview a young lady at Canyon Crest Academy, outstanding senior volleyball player, Olivia uh, Shiwi. Uh, that uh, will be in the second half hour. And then before we get out of here at 10 o'clock, uh, Braden and I will take a look at the top 10, and we'll also take a look at uh, some key games tomorrow night outside of the top 10. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, saw the paper today. I try to read, you know, a little bit of everything, not just the sports page, but this one this morning uh, uh, kind of took me uh, by a storm uh, on uh, the paper. Can Friday night lights keep burning bright? And Mark Ziegler, who's a, a tremendous writer, uh, you know, a tremendous writer, and can uh, write on a variety of different subjects and does a, an incredible job come Olympic time and World Cup and uh, stuff like that, wrote an article, uh, a talk about uh, Coach uh, Diaz over there at uh, Claremont High and how their numbers are down. They had like 21 players right now. Uh, they had to cancel their JV game. And, of course, we saw Castle Park a week ago cancel a varsity game. And, and that's a problem. But, you know, you've got over 100 
100 schools now playing football in San Diego. And we had Jerry Schneep on our very first show uh, four weeks ago, and we talked about how nationally right now, the numbers around the country nationally, they're down about 20,000 players this year, but football still by far and away the most uh, participated sport in high school athletics. And again, you've got over 100 high schools right now here in San Diego that play high school football. Like tomorrow night, I know you've got some teams out there that have buys. I believe uh, tomorrow night we've got 42 high school football games. So there you have it. Uh, uh, but a great article. And I'll tell you, it, it's a subject that needs to be talked about with the concussion issues, the injury issues. It's something that needs to be talked about. And I know coaches are talking about this all the time. And we'll bring this up tonight to Coach McFadden and to Coach Sovacool, who both have established football programs and hear what they have to say. So we got a lot to get done. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to be joined by John McFadden, the head football coach at East Lake High School. Again, this is the High School Football Hour every Thursday, 9 to 10, brought to you by our friends at Lolita's Mexican Food. Coach John Cantera back with a whole lot more. Stay with us right here on 97.3 The Fan. It's the High School Football Hour with John Cantera, brought to you by Lolita's, San Diego's best Mexican food since 1984. Now huddle up. Here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. And welcome back to the High School Football Hour. Uh, coach John Cantera with you to 10 o'clock. Always uh, great to uh, be on talking about high school football. And like I said, I think we have uh, 42 ball games tomorrow night. And uh, if you don't have uh, one favorite school, just pick out a ball game in your area and head on out and uh, enjoy a, a good high school football game. And I know tomorrow night the East Lake Titans going to head over to East County to take on the Valhalla Norseman. And great time to catch up with a guy that's a veteran. I know a lot of people in San Diego, especially the people down at East Lake High School. Very happy to have this man back on the sidelines as their head football coach. He had a great run. He's back. He's got his ball club off to a 3-1 and start last uh, Friday night. Big win at home against Grossmont. And they also uh, uh, celebrated John McFadden's 130th career high school victory. Coach McFadden from East Lake joins us on 97.3 The Fan. John, great to have you and uh, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Coach Contera. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, not a problem at all. Uh, what's it been like back uh, running the show again? A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I missed it a lot. Um, realized fairly early on that I probably had made a mistake <laughs> by getting out of it. But luckily, I was able to stay in football for the first three years and uh, you know help out a little bit and work over at Olympian for a year. And that was that was a lot of fun. Those guys are great guys over there. And then last year I was the first year I didn't coach football in about 30 years, and I realized that I don't have very many other hobbies, so I need to get back into it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see you on Facebook as much as I once did. Yeah, well, I'm busy. I'm real busy. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got another job to do. <laughs> yeah, Netflix and Facebook hasn't, hasn't been the same since I uh, took the job back. Hey, you know, you mentioned how you'd, uh, you know, still been coaching a little bit, and uh, you went to another high school and spent a year probably with some guys you've known and coached with in the past. But then last year you mentioned you didn't coach at all. What was that like on Friday night? Or what was it like when you got up on Friday, actually? It was just very weird. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it was nice going to the other games, going to see East Lake play, and, and, you know, going to see other, other teams play. You went to Olympian quite a bit, and, uh, just going around and watching different coaches and and learning some things and you know just kind of trying to get myself ready and I, I you know I definitely knew I needed to get back into the head coaching ring 
So I had actually um, been applying to different places, and I got the Benita job first, but then five minutes later, uh, Dean Trop, the head coach, stepped down at Eastlake, and um, I was, you know, kind of torn because I, I had already accepted the Benita job, and then I, uh, you know, had it all set up over at Eastlake already with uh, my, you know, teaching job and things like that. So it was just much easier for me to stay there, but, um yeah, and I was excited to get that job back with these great kids. John McFadden, head football coach at Eastlake High School, our guest here on uh, 97.3 The Fan. Tell me about uh, your uh, uh, big linebacker. I've heard a lot about him. I read the great article that was in the Union Tribune in the preseason, Joshua McCurdy. What kind of year is he having so far? He's having a great year. I think he's averaging 16, 17 tackles a game. And he's just, you know, he's the coach out there on the field. He, you know, he understands the defense. He has a, first year running this defense and he picked it up really quick and and uh it's very similar to you know what he's run in the past but there are a lot of differences and he's just flourished in it and um you know he puts guys in the right spots and he's one of the toughest kids i've ever been around a real bright kid you know very good leader um top-notch guy i think probably in my mind the best linebacker in the county and you know a guy who should be looked at by a lot of schools You've got a young uh, sophomore quarterback uh, people have talked about. I guess he had pretty good passing uh, league uh, this summer as well. Rich uh, Colmanero, could you talk a little bit about him? Because there, I don't know if there are a lot of great quarterbacks right now, depending on what school you're at, what offense you're running. I know a lot of the guys run the wing tee, and it kind of limits what a guy can do uh, throwing the ball. But I've had some people tell me uh, your quarterback's a guy to watch over the next couple of years. Well, I believe so. It's Richard Colmanero the third, and I want to make sure I get that correct. <laughs> we've messed it up in the program for the last four weeks. So, um, but so we might make sure. But he's well, just he gets the game really well. Um, again, we had a tough loss with uh, uh, um, Daniel uh, Daniel Amen going over to Helix. Um, but I, you know, even though I really like Daniel and he's a great kid, I I wasn't as worried about it because I knew we had uh, Richie. Um, there to take over and and he's done an incredible job so far i mean he's got a lot of improvement to go and he knows that and he works hard every day in practice and you know very humble about things and appreciate stuff and you know the senior leaders take took him on as as the guy and made him feel like hey you can make some mistakes don't worry about it the team's around you and you know luckily he hasn't made very many of those he's uh he's really stepped up and you know he's probably you know gonna have a thousand yards throwing pretty soon it's just pretty good you know, I mean, uh, I think he's going to end up being one of the best ones we've ever had, if not the best quarterback we've ever had at Eastlake. We're visiting with John McFadden, the head football coach at Eastlake High School. Nice enough to join us on 97.3, the fan. Uh, when you really had that program going, I mean, you had guys in, in all different positions, but you always had uh, uh, two great running backs in high school, but you normally had uh, two or three uh, good backup running backs. How deep are you right now at that position? You know, it's really um, – uh, great because we do have a lot of very good skilled athletes. You know, um, our, both of our, our tailbacks are returning guys that um, played real well uh, with each other last year. And, you know, they're both unsung guys who don't, you know, they don't complain at all about uh, him being and they just cheer each other on with Roman Coe and Parker Merrifield. Uh, and, you know, they both play some defense. Parker plays a lot of defense. Parker's also our punt team guy and he can kick off and he's you know, he's a goalie for the for the soccer team. He's a pretty special kid. And Roman, he, that kid is tough to bring down. He's a bowling ball. Uh, but then in our other back spots that are our you know, wing spots, 
we got you know two or three guys at each you know at both the H back and the D that can all play at a very high level and are doing a great job and you know they're basically competing on who's the best blocker and they it's a great it's a great thing to see them compete and you know they're all trying to one up each other but they can all do the job you know we're very lucky with with the skill guys that we have and the backs we have are are really starting to get it that early on that was a tough part because they played in a different offense for the last two years and you know coming back to um our fly uh tempo offense it it was a different thing for them to where where they had to hit hit the hole quick what where the blocking was and stuff and so it took them a few weeks to really get that but now you can see they're starting to really understand the blocking schemes and and hitting the holes exactly where they're supposed to and they're really good back hey john uh, when you look at you know your offense defense special teams uh, is there one area that really stands out for you that you really feel that's uh, is the real strength of your ball club well early on again our offense was taking a little bit of while to get going i mean you know we've you know, we we got shut shut down by a very good Tory Pines team, um, and you know that was it was well, I wouldn't say it was expected. We did move the ball some, we just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Um, but so I knew offense was going to be tough because it's a totally different offense. These kids hadn't experienced it before. Defensively, it's they've kept, I mean we only gave up 13 points to to um, Tory Pines and uh, over the last. Well, over all four games, we're over. We're giving up an average of five points a game. So, uh, defense has definitely been the the bright point. And uh, you know, the coaches are just doing a great job. Lee Price, my longtime defense coordinator, is um, doing a fantastic job. And all all of our coaches on the defensive side, but all the coaches are really buying in and really learning and getting the defense and offense down. And so. But that so that was a nice thing about last week's game against Grossmont. I thought we played a really good game in all three aspects of the game. I got uh, three questions I want to give to you here uh, over about a two-minute span. I want to start off uh, the article in the paper today. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Mark Ziegler wrote an article, and it was talking about Claremont High School and the struggles they're having right now with uh, players. Can Friday Night Lights keep uh, burning bright? Uh, every program's a little bit different. you got a lot of small schools uh, that take kids from, you know, know the public schools uh and uh you know obviously it uh uh pulls uh kids uh in programs uh, in a lot of different uh ways but your program has always had a ton of kids uh where are your numbers compared to maybe what they were six seven years ago when you were coaching yeah they, they fluctuated I mean, there was one i mean about two or three years span where we had over 100 kids on our freshman team we had an a and b freshman team and we you know would have 55 to 60 on the JV and, and 60 on the varsity. And, and we're fairly close. It was more like 55 on the varsity, 45 on the JV. And I think there's about 60 kids on the freshmen. So um, the numbers are a little bit smaller, but still, I mean, we're very blessed to have the number of kids um, that we have. So, but I do know, I have noticed a lot of programs are not running a varsity, JV, and freshman team anymore. You know, they're either, you know, putting all the kids on, you know, they, they call it novice teams now, and uh, they put all the kids on one team, and they'll play a freshman schedule, or they'll play a JV schedule. Okay, I'm going to ask you these two uh, questions kind of combined here, because uh, we're getting to the bottom of the hour. Uh, do you like the uh, early start, uh, 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 about, you know, starting, you know, in the middle of August playing games, and what do you think about the four-team open division this year? I hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm going to be honest, I think they're both uh, the wrong way to do things. But, you know, I, I don't get to make a decision on that. So 
we all have to live by the same rules. I thought we had to play way too early. Um, and I don't know that it was that great for kids or football to have to play that early in the season. And, um, and so I, I don't agree with that. And, you know, the four team uh, thing, I don't think that's, you know, so basically two of the best teams in the county are, are going to be out after one game and, uh, they're not going to get a home game. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's not a playoff run. You can't really make a playoff run when there's only four teams, you know, and again, my idea is from the beginning of this, um, open division was you have eight teams in the open division that play the first game and the bottom four teams, the teams that lose go down to division one and then you move on. So at least everybody gets to play, you know, the top eight teams in the County get to play two games, no matter what. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. I've not heard that. that. That's interesting actually. Yeah. I, I, I did mention it, uh, about 55 million times, but uh, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't ever really looked at seriously, and then they came up with this. And I, again, you know, I understand state is important, but to me, the CF championship is the pinnacle, and that's what we should be all working for. And you know, you play those extra two or three games at state, and that's fantastic. And I, you know, the Madisons and those guys who've been lucky enough to, you know, Helix and it, lucky enough to go on and win those state championships. I know they, you know, give anything to have those, and and I give it all to them, but. To me, it's we got a big enough town here in San Diego where those the CIF championships should be our main focus. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on after this first year. I'm sure all you coaches will uh, uh, huddle up and uh, continue to talk about uh, maybe uh, different ways to get that done. But hey, John, great to have you back coaching. Uh, that East Lake program uh, has always been good, but I think uh, the real caretakers back uh, running the show, and I know a lot of people uh, down at uh, East Lake and uh, the surrounding area is happy to have you back. Well, John, I really appreciate it. You've always been a great supporter, and I appreciate all you do for high school football and everything in San Diego County. Hey, be well. Good luck tomorrow night. All right. Thanks a bunch. You take care. All right. There you go. Uh, John McFadden, the head football coach, Eastlake High School, our guest. We'll take a quick timeout, come back. We're going to be joined by Sean Sovacool, the head football coach, LaCosta Canyon, on his way. It's John Cantero, the high school football hour, brought to you by Lolita's Mexican Food, right here on 97.3 The Fan. It's the High School Football Hour with John Quintero. Brought to you by Lolita's, San Diego's best Mexican food since 1984. Now huddle up. Here's the coach, John Quintero, on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, thanks again to John McFadden from East Lake High School uh, stopping by tonight on our High School Football Hour. Again, brought to you by our friends at Lolita's Mexican Food. Well, a number of years ago, I, I was uh, calling high school ball games on Friday night, and I'd heard about this guy who's at Palomar doing a really good job, young, enthusiastic, fired-up coach. And then I got a chance to see him in action uh, his first uh, few years at La Costa Canyon. He's done a marvelous job up there. Got a great program. Uh, got his uh, Mavericks ranked number two in the county right now, uh, sitting at a 4-0, and and they got a couple of big wins already this year. Uh, just a couple right off the bat, uh, the Cathedral Catholic game out of the open. Uh, uh, game of the year, and then a couple of weeks ago they went up beat a really good San Clemente team, and uh, again, they're ranked number two in San Diego. Veteran head coach now at La Costa Canyon, Sean Sovacol joins me on 97.3 The Fan. Sean, how we doing, my friend? We're doing it. We're doing well. We're excited for another Friday night. 
Oh, absolutely. Hey, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about your offense uh, to start with. Uh, I I haven't seen you guys play yet. I certainly will, though. Uh, you got a young quarterback, a guy by the name of Marshall Iker. Uh, people are telling me he's only a junior, got a chance to be a pretty good signal caller. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. Uh, he's big, he's long, he's strong, he's a very bright kid, he's a four-point-plus GPA. Uh, he's in love with football, much like me. He spends <laughs> most of his lunches in the meeting room. Um, he's got a, a good rapport with a good, you know, skill set of offensive guys that we have, and, and uh, you know, we were absent of him for uh, week two and week three. Jake Shank stepped in uh, very admirably, you know, heroic, really, and came in and, and uh, kind of carried the torch for us when Marshall got a little dinged up at the end of the Cathedral game, but Marshall's our guy, you know, and, and I think he's, he's earned that right to be, even as a junior, uh, earning the starting quarterback positions at 365, big gig, and, and he, he he's our guy. I know last year uh, Carson Lippert, your fine senior running back, was hurt at the end of the year, and that didn't help matters, but he's healthy now. He's got a brother uh, that's uh, an extremely talented young guy, Aiden Lippert. Could you talk about those two guys a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's a, just an unbelievable blessing to have. Uh, a pair of players, let alone brothers, um, be as fast and as explosive and as selfless as they are. They're, they uh, they're, they sharpen each other up. There's no doubt about it. They're quick to, if it turns into a race, you know, who's faster and who, who can do better than who. But in game day situations, they don't care who, uh, who gets the credit. They just want to see the team be successful. It's pretty, it's pretty special. You know, I, I guess I, I kind of was wrong. I did watch you guys play, actually, that first game. I watched it on the Internet, uh, and uh, your linebacker, Ozzie Nicholas, he was all over the place. I think he ended up that night with five sacks. Ozzie's a beast. He's a grown man. Uh, and uh, we're, again, blessed to have players like him. Um, he's, a, he's a worker. He likes it. He likes training. He likes competition. He's fiery. He practices that game speed. I think a lot of that has to do with the way my brother, our, our defensive coordinator, Casey Sobical, um, I say it all the time, and he probably gets embarrassed, but he's the best coach in San Diego. And he, he, he gets our guys to go. I think he's the perfect coach for Ozzy. Him and Adam Witzman, our linebacker coach, um, they, they get Ozzy to go, but the guy is a natural. He's, he is, uh, he's a special talent. I think he's a, you know, he very well could be a national recruit when this whole thing's said and done. Sean Sovacol, a head coach at La Costa Canyon, our guest here on 97.3, the fan. Uh, what, what do you uh, look at when you're looking at your ball club right now? What, what's the one thing you guys can hang your hat on week in and week out on? Uh, relentless competitive effort. Uh, it's, it's part of our culture playbook. That's the first thing we start with. If we're not being relentless and being competitive, then we're not doing it right. Uh, you know, that's, that's where we, we began. And then daily discipline habits making sure we're doing the, the small things right all the time. Uh, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And so we want to make sure our guys are, are dialed into the details. And the third big component we, you know, we really focus on is love, trust, and respect your teammates. And, and we use that word love all the time. Um, it's, it, I think it's important for our young men to understand it's okay to say it and, and use it and to develop it and foster it. And I love my job. I love my players. I love our coaches. I love our community. And when you could kind of channel that type of that energy, 
uh, you can have something special. You know, Sean, uh, I look at your schedule, and I have to kind of put a smile on my face because the schedule you've played already, uh, you know, Cathedral Catholic, Vista's a much improved team. You went over there and won. You went up and beat San Clemente. That's good. El Camino's always competitive. you got Oceanside tomorrow, then San Marcos, and it goes on and on and on. And you're playing in the Avocado League. And I remember John Maffey for the Union Tribune uh, was writing early in the year, and he had called me and said, you know, what do you think about the league? And uh, I go, well, I know this. You better be ready to strap it on every Friday night because there are no easy games. And everybody's talking about, you know, who's going to win the league? And John goes, well, who are we going to pick to finish last? Because this league from top to bottom is as good as any league around. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, proof's in the pudding there. You just got to, you know, step into any avocado league game any point in the year and you're going to see – you know, real life football, uh, <laughs> never a dull moment. You know, it's, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the majority of the coaches in the league have been, have been there, uh, for an extended amount of time. You know, there's good teams and then there's good programs. And I think every, uh, every program in the avocado league is, is good. You know, it, it, there's no flash in the pan. Um, everyone has, has a level of consistency and continuity in their coaches and systems and players and community. And you get a lot of good support in the North County, you know. And so, it's the truth, man. It's it's a barn burner. It, it you know it's fun to be a part of, but it, it is not easy. You know, I'm going to ask you uh, the questions that I asked Coach McFadden. I, I read the article today that Mark Ziegler wrote in the Union Tribune talking about Claremont High and how the numbers were down. Uh, your program has always had a freshman program, JV, varsity. You've always had good numbers. Uh, have you guys seen your numbers uh, stay the same or go down at all? We've been pretty much the same. There's been a, a, a slight dip in uh, just student population as a whole uh, that I think might factor into a little bit of a slight decline, but we have 165 kids in our program. Uh, really strong JV team, around 50. You know, another 65-plus uh, in freshmen, and we're carrying around 65 on varsity, too. So, you know, we've, we've done a good job as, as a coaching staff and, and the players, too, of recruiting our campus and making sure that we're getting athletes out. I make a point to visit every male sport practice or game, introduce them to me and, and be seen and be known what we're about. And we're a big proponent of multi-sport athletes. Our best players play multiple sports. Not uh, close. You know, and so we want competitors. Uh, we want people that are willing to work and, and, and that love to compete. And you got a slew of them in our community. It's really pretty cool. Absolutely. I've been up there uh, quite a bit for different events, and uh, they got there's always uh, something going on in the athletic field where you guys play football, whether it's lacrosse or something else, uh, uh, track season. There's always stuff going, athletes running uh, every which way up there. Hey, last two uh, questions. And I asked Coach McFadden this, and you know he gave me his uh, thoughts on it, but uh, could you comment a little bit uh, about your thoughts on the early start of high school football this year, and also your thoughts on only having four teams in the open division come play? Playoff time. Yeah, first of all, props to McFadden on his candid. That was pretty awesome. Um, but uh, you know, the early start it it, for, it 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 is to me it's crazy, especially for the lower levels. Um, so many of our players, our athletes, they've never played tackle football before. It's, it's not as in vogue to be a part of Pop Warner's it used to be, and and a lot of the parents are still letting the leash out when they get you know to their freshman year. But these kids, they don't know how to tackle. They don't know how to beat blocks. They don't have block, and so there's still a lot of growing pains into that, and, and it made it real difficult for the for the pups. But for our upperclassmen, you know, we we knew it was coming. It wasn't a surprise. 
and so we prepared accordingly. You know, we really accelerated our installations um, on offense, defense, and special teams. We had all of our big four special teams in during spring ball. Uh, we didn't do nearly as much passing league. We didn't do any passing league at all during the week and focused on real-life football uh, as best we could out of pads. And so a lot more pushing sleds and, and, and uh, you know, meshes and, and you know, run fits and everything else. We've been tackling buck sweeps since January. So um, that, that type of stuff, I think if we, we had a head, you know, we knew it was coming and, and we prepared accordingly. Um, and then the four team open, you know, we've been, we've been in the open, I believe it's, I think it's been six years. We've been there four times and, um, we've always been, you know, you know, one, one and out and you, there's teams we've beat CIFians, uh, I don't think it's, I think it's three or four times when we were out of the playoffs in the first round. And so it's a, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. I think the four, uh, is better in some regards where, you know, if you're five, six, seven, eight, you get punished for having a good season, but not great. Um, you got to go, you kind of get fed to the wolves a little bit. Coach McFadden brought up, the, which is a pretty fair idea of dropping those guys down and, and playing in Division One, but you lose and you get rewarded too. So I don't know. I, I've got a little mixed emotion. I, I see no problem at all with going back to the way it was forever. Uh, now that if you win CIF, you get a chance to play in a regional. And we don't need to dilute our, our best teams by putting them against one another, go back to what it was the years of uh, when I was playing. And, you know, Coach Carroll ran off X amount of wins in a row uh, with championship teams and you know, semifinal appearances. And, and all of his teams would have had a chance to play in state. You know, that, why can't we go back to school size now that that's the case? Uh, I, I, would, uh, I would, you know, trend towards that and then you get the playoff run and you get multiple games and you get 12 teams in the playoffs. I think, uh, I think that makes more sense since if you win CIF, you get a chance at state anyways. And I don't think you give a better representation of San Diego. Well, I think it's going to be interesting after uh, they do it one year and see all the, uh, you know, the, the pluses, minuses. Once you actually see the games on field, it'll be uh, very interesting. Sean, good luck tomorrow night. I know you got Oceanside tomorrow night, right? We have the Pirates. The Pirates always put up a fight. We've had some epic uh, games with them. Coach Rod is a, an excellent, excellent coach and a great guy. I'll be coaching against a former teammate of mine and two former players of mine from Palomar. will be on the opposition sideline, too. So, you know, it's going to be exciting. Before you cut me loose, i got to give a shout-out to my man, Bill Shitter. He's a huge fan of yours and has been for many, many years. He used to call in the Loyola scores way back in the day huh. uh, when, when high school football used to mean a lot more than it did, does now. So we miss those moments, Coach. You're the man. We appreciate everything you've done for the county. Well, thank you, Sean, and good luck, and I'll look forward to seeing you on the sidelines one of these nights. Roger that. Be well. You too. Take care, Coach. There you go. Uh, Sean Sovacol, the uh, head coach at La Costa Canyon, again off to a 4-0 start and ranked number two in San Diego. Well, we're going to keep it rolling right now. Let's get to Braden Suprenant with this week's San Diego Girls Volleyball Top 10. Thanks, Coach. Let's get into the Girls Volleyball Top 10 in San Diego County, starting off with number 10. Number 10. Classical Academy comes in at number 10. They're off to a 13-3 and start. They've won a lot of out-of-section games, and they're led by their libero, Carly Stoltz, and all-around hitter, and Hannah Eskis. Eskis had 20 kills in four games last week against Fallbrook and 25 kills in four games against Escondido. It's a real good reason why the Caymans are off to a 13-3 and start. Number 9. 
Maranatha Christian comes in at number nine this week. They're led by their sophomore outside hitter, Brianna Young, who is the real deal volleyball player out here in San Diego County and a main reason why Maranatha Christian is 14-2. and two. Number eight. Script Ranch comes in at number eight. They cracked the, cracked the top ten for the first time this season. Falcons are led by setter Sabrina Hardesty and freshman outside hitter Gayla Trubent had a big win over Otay Ranch last week. Look for them to continue to roll here in this week. Number seven. Del Norte gave La Jolla their only loss earlier this year and a big reason why they're number seven coming into this week. They're eight and four. They had a big week last week, beating Mission Vista, El Cap, Maranatha, Brawley, and Vista. And their only loss last week came against those La Jolla Vikings that are ranked pretty high on this list and the only team that was able to beat La Jolla Vikings earlier this year. Number six. La Costa Canyon Mavericks, they dropped to number six this week. Haven't played a lot of games, but expect them to be up near the top later uh, in the following weeks as all these games start uh, racking up and everybody starts getting to the same number of games. They have still only had four matches, but you know they, they beat San Diego Academy last week. Their only loss was out of town to Miracosta. They're going to be a team to be concerned about later in the year, potentially in the open playoff. Number five. Cathedral Catholic comes in at number five this week. Peyton Wilhite, Maddie Ensley, and setter Kylie Adams have led the Dons to a pretty good start so far. They're only one and two on the year. They haven't played a lot of games, so it can't punish them too much. But, you know, they had a tough game against Torrey Pines last week. They lost three to one. Look for Cathedral to start racking up some wins as uh, they start entering tournaments and league play coming up in the next couple weeks. Number four. Canyon Crest Academy comes in at number four. Margaret McCarthy, the new addition, is off to a great start. Setter Gracie Wood and returner libero Vivian Frankie have the uh, Ravens doing a great job so far this year. They took a tough loss earlier in the week on Tuesday to a tough Vista Marietta team, but that doesn't mean they can't compete for an open title, and they're led by their senior captain, Olivia Shawey, who we'll talk to in just a couple minutes. Number three. La Jolla, the Vikings of La Jolla coming at number three. They're off to a tremendous start, the best start uh, they've had in a couple couple years and a way better start than last year, who they ended up finishing 4-25. and A little bit different this year. They're off to a 16-1 and start. They beat Script Ranch last week in the September Classic Finals after beating Del Norte in the semis, avenging their only loss on the year. Coach Drobik's got doing a great job with the Vikings, and they're off to a great start. A reason to be concerned in the open playoff if you run into La Jolla. Number two. Bishops, the Knights, come in at 8-0. They're one of the only remaining undefeated teams here in San Diego County. They're led by Athena Leota and Brooke Buckner. They beat Canyon Crest Academy on September 4th in three games. They have some pretty good wins under their belt on top of their 8-0 record. Number one. The Torrey Pines Falcons remain at number one this week as they remained number one in the county all year last year as they were on and won an open division title in San Diego. They beat Cathedral Catholic last week in four in four sets and were able to beat Del Norte in three. Some pretty easy work, quick work for the Torrey Pines Falcons against two top teams in San Diego. Uh, one of their only lo- their only loss earlier this year is the modern day of Santa Ana. We know the type of team that they are. Torrey Pines is off to a great start and a re- main reason why they're number 12 in the country, according to Max Preps. So that about does it for the top 10. As I go through it in order from 1 to 10, Torrey Pines, Bishops, La Jolla, Canyon Crest, Cathedral Catholic, La Costa Canyon, Del Norte, Script Ranch, Maranatha Christian, and Classical Academy finishes up the top 10. I was able to catch up with Canyon Crest Academy 
senior captain Olivia Shewi and talk to her about her recruiting. I'm Brayden Sprint here with Olivia Shewi of Candy Crest Academy. Tough loss to get against a really good Vista Marietta team. What were some of the positives you got out of today's game? Uh, well, I think it was fun seeing our girls kind of compete. Uh, for a lot of the girls, it's kind of their first time on uh, playing on varsity, so uh, it's kind of a new level of competition that they're facing. Uh, we're also out with one of our starting outsides, uh, Sydney, and so it was good seeing a lot of girls kind of step into the shoes of uh, you know, a starting outside player and seeing some fresh faces on the court. Uh, and I also think that we did improve areas in our, in our blocking and our attacking. Uh, our defense uh, wasn't so great today, but just more to work on. Your coach said in the, in the post-game you know, little get-together you guys had that you had one of your best games all year. What was working for you today? Uh, well, it was always great uh, being across the court from uh, one of my teammates, Tiffany Peterson. <laughs> and so it uh, kind of just reminds me to compete and to kind of dig in. So uh, I thought I was pretty active on my blocks today. Uh, also, I was just you know, ready to go on my attacks. Um, and, you know, it's just a lot of fun when you're out there competing, really digging in. So that's, that's kind of what I got out of today. You guys had a really good season last year. What do you have to do as a team this year to get back to where you guys were last year? Uh, last year we had a lot of firecrackers on the court, so a lot of our seniors brought a ton of energy for us. And we're kind of looking still for people to replace that this year. Uh, so it's kind of fostering that competitive culture on our team and kind of just boosting the self-confidence because uh, we lost a bunch of commits who I believe all of our seniors last year were committed. Uh, so they kind of had that, you know, swagger about them uh, on the court. And we're still trying to look to regain that in our players this year. You guys do this mental strength tr uh, training as a team. What can you tell us about that and how has that helped you as a player? Uh, so we do a lot of, like, mindfulness practice. So we meditate before every game. Uh, and that kind of reminds you to keep your focus on the now and to just live in every point. Don't think about the future or past. Forget your mistakes. Be ready to play every moment. You're getting uh, recruited as well to play college volleyball. What are you looking forward to? What are you looking for in a school in that in that process? Uh, very much so academics. I am committed to the application process at a school. Uh, I cannot yet disclose, uh, but really, it's the academics for me. Team environments also really important. Whether or not they support their athletes and their academic choices as well is a big thing for me. What are you excited most about college? It is your senior year, so don't get too yeah. excited. You got to finish high school, but uh, anything like that sticks out to you when it comes to uh, you know maybe next year? Uh, I'm excited to move, meet new people, uh, learn, uh, also just compete on a new level. I mean, college volleyball it kind of com combines the best of club and of indoor, so you're still with all of your classmates, but uh, you're kind of playing at that higher level. So I'm really excited for that. What is the favorite thing you like to do? Last question outside of playing volleyball. I would say um, probably, I mean, obviously hanging out with my friends, but uh, I like to listen to music, make playlists, hike, do all that kind of junk. Yeah. Thanks, Braden. Always enjoy that girls volleyball top ten. I want to get my uh, young granddaughter out to a game uh, one of these nights. Once the Padres finish up, I'll have a few uh, nights off here and there. But uh, very much uh, looking forward to that because we're as the season goes on, we're going to be talking about a lot of great uh, matches coming down the pike. A lot of these top ten teams are going to be faced up against one another. One another. Yeah, and uh, you got to check out one of those Tory Pines game. A proud uh, alum that you are because you know Tory Pines. Like I said earlier, twelve in the country according to Max Preps. Hey, let's take a look at the uh, football top ten. Then we also want to get to some games that are uh, outside the top ten this week. Let's start with number ten Mission Hills. They're one and three. They had a nice win last week over Carlsbad, twenty-four to twenty-one. Of course, they lost their uh, 
uh, defensive coach, uh, Eric Kwame, uh, a day or two before. And they went out and played with a lot of heart. Uh, tomorrow night, they're going to be home to take on the Ramona Bulldogs at 7 o'clock. That's going to be a pretty good game. But like I said earlier, a couple weeks ago, Mission Hills is about to get on a roll. Well, we'll see. Uh, they got a lot of work to do. Lincoln at number nine this week, four and zero last week. Uh, they were at home. They crushed Sweetwater sixty-seven to nothing. Tomorrow night they're going to be home against the Dorsey Dons at six thirty. And I can tell you, I did a little uh, work on Dorsey. They haven't won yet this year. Yeah, they haven't won yet this year. And Lincoln got them last year up at uh, Dorsey. So look for uh, pretty much the same this week for Lincoln. All right, number eight this week, Helix one and three last week. Uh, they lost at number four, Cathedral Catholic thirty to twenty one this week at home to take on number six, Saint Augustine. Boy, what a game that's going to be! That's going to be a great game, almost playoff atmosphere uh, for that one. Helix is on life support right now when it comes to the open playoff. They're going to need that win. And Saint Augustine, you know, they've had they're four zero. They've had some great wins. But I think this would be a statement win for them if they win on Friday. Number seven, Eastlake. They continue to kind of move up the rankings. They're three and one right now. Last week at home, blasted Grossmont. People thought that was going to be a tight ball game. They hammered Grossmont thirty-five nothing. This week they head out to East County. They're going to be at Valhalla at seven o'clock. Yeah, look for Eastlake to continue to roll. Valhalla's kind of struggling right now and are catching Eastlake at a bad time. All right, uh, running short on time, but I will also tell you, St. Augustine again going to host uh, Helix tomorrow night at uh, Mesa College. San Marcos, a bye last week. They'll be home tomorrow night to Carlsbad. Cathedral Catholic has a bye. Uh, Madison 4-0. They'll be home tomorrow at 6.30 against Vista Marietta. La Costa home to Oceanside at 7 o'clock and Torrey Pines will uh, take on El Camino at Torrey Pines at 7.15. like to thank uh, Matt Scraby, Braden Suprenter for all their hard work. like to thank Head coach down there at East Lake High School, John McFadden for stopping by, and also Sean Sovacol, the fine head coach up there at La Costa Canyon. Both those gentlemen, nice to have them on. 97.3 The Fan. Uh, by the way, as we uh, get out of here, uh, you can go to our website, 97.3thefansd.com, and we'll have our podcast. Again, I'll be on next Thursday night, 9 to 10, the high school football hour brought to you by Lolita's Mexican Food. Have a great Friday night, everyone. Enjoy high school football. We'll talk to you again next Thursday right here on 97.3 The Fan.